0: You're listening to The Word of Hope, a radio ministry of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Our preacher is Pastor Brian Wolfmuller with today's Word of Hope.
1: And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory. Glory is of the only Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. In the name of Jesus, Amen. Dear Saints of God, Merry Christmas. (laughs) Thank you. We rejoice this day, and not only in the unwrapping of gifts, but especially in the wrapping of gifts. That's what Christmas is about, that the Lord has wrapped himself in our flesh and blood to save us. But we have to, before we get to the good news, consider why. Uh, ever since we were created, there was a distinction between us and God, between humanity and God. We were, after all, the created, and God was the creator. But not long after our creation, our first parents, Adam and Eve, ate the fruit, and now that distinction becomes a separation. So that God is holy, and we are sinners. God is life, and we are dying. God is perfect, and we are born by nature, children of wrath. So that there is a great gulf between us and God, a great distance—I mean, bigger than the Grand Canyon, bigger than the gap between here and the moon. There's a there's an insurmountable distance between us and God. Now, this canyon, uh, this crevice, this hole between us and God—it uh, it kind of um, is instinctively known by humanity. And so ever since the beginning, people have been trying to craft ways to bridge that gap. And there was an old Lutheran theologian named Adolf Kaberly who, in fact, identified three ways. He called them ladders, the three ladders that we try to build to ascend into heaven. And they are the, mat- the, the ladders of our mind, the, mat- the ladder of our heart, and the ladder of our will. Now, these three things are probably the best things that we have. Jesus I- identifies them when he says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. Th- these are the greatest gifts that we have according to God's creation. But we've, we've taken those gifts that God has given us and we've tried to use them ourselves to reach God. So, for example, the ladder of the mind. We call it rationalism. It's, it, it is the attempt by, by knowing, by scientific investigation, by philosophical thought, to somehow ascend to the perfect knowledge of God. We don't see a lot of rationalistic religions around, but I'll tell you who has rationalism is whenever you talk to your atheist friends. They're supremely rationalistic. They have reached a point of enlightenment because of some sort of flash of scientific investigation. Normally, it was their eighth grade biology class or their freshman year of college philosophy 101. And now the evidence has revealed to them that all of these superstitions that the church has clung to and taught and that they've believed for all these years are nothing but ghosts. And they've somehow, through their mind, attained some sort of uh, enlightened state. But in the end, this ladder of rationalism cannot reach God. The peace that God gives surpasses understanding. And the Lord himself says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. The second ladder, the next best, is the ladder of the heart or the psyche or your inner life. Sometimes the ladder, we call it the ladder of the emotions or the ladder of feelings, and this is the ladder of mysticism. The mystic tries to attain to the presence of God uh, by some sort of spiritual experience. Now, mysticism basically can define every Eastern religion. Hinduism, Buddhism, Confucianism, all of these sort of things are looking for that inner enlightenment. And this mysticism even makes it into uh, into the uh, other religions. You have Jewish mysticism, that's Kabbalah. You have the uh, Islamic mysticism. I mean, really, Islam is altogether mystic. But you have the special mysticism of the whirling dervishes, whereby spinning around, they finally reach some sort of uh, uh, heavenly state. And you even have a Christian mysticism which says that I know that God loves me because I feel loved by Him or I have some sort of inner experience of God's love. See, mysticism is this ladder of trying to reach up to God with our own heart and our own emotions. But even this falls short. I mean, this ends, This ladder ends either in pride or despair. I've got the secret knowledge of God inside of me or it seems like God has left me. The last ladder, so we have rationalism and mysticism. The last one is perhaps the most profound and the most defining of human religion, and that is the ladder of moralism, the ladder of the will. Simply put, it's the ladder of good works. Uh, The the logic works like this, the logic of your sinful flesh. And it's pretty sticky. It's pretty pretty tricky to get around. The, uh, The logic is... If God is mad at me because of the bad things that I've done, then He'll be happy with me because of the good things that I've done. Uh, the old theologians called that the opinio legis. You know if it has a Latin name, it's going to be important, right? It's the opinion of the law. It's the, basics. it's the basic theology of your human nature that says if I can just be good enough, then then I can be acceptable to God. And this is the basis of every religion to attain God's pleasure by our works. If I can do enough good things, then I can be good enough to stand before God. Or if I can just do enough good to outweigh the bad, then I can stand before the Lord. Now, that doesn't even work in a court of law. Imagine if you got uh, arrested for... What do you want to be arrested for? You pick your crime. I don't want to, I don't want to give you a crime, you pick your own crime. And now you're in, and you're in court for committing a particular crime, and the judge says, did you do that thing, that horrible thing that should deserve a ten year sentence in jail? Did you do it? And you say, well yes, I did that, but I did a lot of other really good things that balance it out. <laughs> well what does the judge do? He throws you in jail. Because, because even human justice does not work on some sort of scale, much less God's justice. When the Lord comes to condemn you, He's not balancing out your good works with your sins. He's condemning you for your sin. And all of us stand condemned. The ladder of good works, as ingrained as it is into our flesh and into our minds and our hearts, the ladder of good works will also not get you heaven. You cannot attain the glory of God that way. It's impossible. So we build these ladders to cross this gulf, the ladder of the heart, the ladder of the mind, the ladder of good works, but none of them reach. And this means that all of these ladders leave all of us, all of humanity, lying on a huge heap of despair because the end of all of this, the separation that we have with God, is death. And that's what God said to Adam and Eve. If you eat of it, you will surely die. The wages of sin is death. You, you cannot climb into heaven. It's too far away. You cannot reach. There is nothing that you can do to save yourself. And this, uh, this kind of natural, ingrained, instinctive knowledge of the, of the distance between you and God, it's confirmed by God's law. You're right to be nervous about that, to be anxious because of your sins, to fret because of your dying. But it is to you, then, that Christmas comes as the greatest good news. Because while we could not ascend into heaven, God descends to us. While we could never by our own efforts reach the heavenly halls, the Lord leaves those halls and comes down to us. While we could never attain by our own efforts, by our thinking and by our feeling and by our doing, we can never obtain the vision of God, we have beheld the glory of God in the flesh of Jesus. Because while we could not go to Him, He has come to us. And that is the joy of Christmas. That God, your creator, and the one who created all of the world, has come down to be your brother and to take on your flesh and your blood. So Jesus is given the name Emmanuel, which means in Hebrew, God With us. Not God away from us, or God far away, or God over there, or God in the next town. God with you. And John says in the beginning of his gospel, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. You see, this is the great Christmas gift, and it's not the unwrapping of a gift. It's the wrapping of a gift that the Son of God, Jesus himself, would wrap himself in your humanity so so that he could be with you, and he keeps coming. He doesn't just come into your flesh and blood. He also comes into your sin. He comes to your cross. He, he wraps himself in your condemnation. He covers himself in the wrath of God that you deserve so that he is on your cross and he is buried in your tomb so that when he ascends to the right hand of the Father, you could be there with him as well. God has wrapped himself In your suffering. He's wrapped himself in your death. He's wrapped himself in your temptation. He's wrapped himself in your sorrow. So that he could give you the gift of life. Now one of the most important things about gifts. I was reminded of this this morning. Is the name tag. (laughs) It would be an absolute disaster, at least in our house, if you had the gifts there, but the name tag was not on them. Who is this to? Who is supposed to open it? Uh, I mean, can you imagine? (laughs) Sorry, I just was thinking how that would be. (laughs) Now the same thing with Christ. We look at the baby in the manger. We look at our Savior on this cross. And we say, who is this gift for? And the angels told us last night, For unto you is born this day in the city of David Christ the Savior. This gift, this Jesus is for you. And if you need further confirmation of this, just wait for a few minutes. And you'll hear the words of Jesus himself. Who says, take and eat. This is my body. Given for you. Dear saints, the greatest Christmas gift of all is the gift that will never be unwrapped. It is the gift of Jesus wrapped up in your life and your death so that He could wrap you up in His glory and perfection and peace. And this gift is for you. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Merry Christmas. Amen.